on FM, on DAB, and up to date on social media. We are Radio Newark. Radio Newark. Steve Winwood and Higher Love. Now, we are delighted to have on the show this morning Fanny Blake. Fanny, good morning. Good morning to you. And how are you? I know you had a, a big wedding yesterday, didn't you? Uh, yes, I did. My son was married yesterday. Well, congratulations to your son. Is your is your head still intact? Uh, yes. It's a bit more fragile than it is normally, but it's okay. <laughs> Good. Well, as I promised, I won't ask you any hard questions. Oh, thank you. So let's just talk briefly to start with, Fanny. You were... Um, You've been in publishing one mm. way or another your whole life, haven't you? Yes, I have. Yes, so I have. How did you How did you start in publishing, and how and what What kind of led you into writing your own books? Oh gosh, well, I started in publishing really a long time ago when I left university. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be an editor, although I hadn't the faintest idea what that meant, really. And uh, I came to London and got a job uh, interview with Corgi Books. Um, and astonishingly got the job, given that I couldn't type, and they wanted somebody who could, but I lied. <laughs> um, anyway, I got the job, and it sort of went from there, really, and I ended up working most of my working life at Penguin, acquiring and commissioning uh, fiction, largely, and then uh, and then I left Penguin, and I became a journalist, and I was doing um, book reviews for a magazine and various interiors pieces um, and that led me to write the first book for Grand Designs the tie-in that went with that program and that in turn led to writing various um, books that tied with television programs and then I thought I'd better do, I, what I really wanted to do was ghosting actually, ghosting celebrity um, memoirs and I couldn't, it was a sort of chicken and egg thing because people would say Oh, that would be really, you know, we'd love you to do that, but show us something you've done. And I said, but I haven't done anything, so I'm, if, I need you to give me the chance. Anyway, eventually somebody did give me the chance, and uh, I co-wrote something with um, a fashion designer. And that led to um, various other celebrity memoirs, um, which were great fun, and actually a fantastic preparation uh, for novel writing, uh, because they gave me the confidence to write at length I, I knew once I'd written them that I could actually get to 350-ish pages and uh, it was also very good because it trains you in catching a voice because you have to try and capture the voice of the person uh, who you're writing with and then eventually I thought I really must do what I've always wanted to do and write a novel well not always but since I started writing, and um, write a novel, and I had an idea. Um, oh, oh, no, and I had a significant birthday coming up, that's right. And I thought it would be really sad to get to my deathbed and think, oh, if only I tried and I never did. So I set myself that birthday as my goal to finish my first novel. And um, on the day of the birthday, my agent phoned me and told me she'd sold it a publisher so that was great and that's how i started that's a fantastic birthday present isn't it it was a fantastic birthday present you can't get better than that nope. now actually we were just in um the sort of the previous segment of the show we were talking about uh, birthdays mm. my birthday's coming up in august and we were also talking about these uh a new little thing that's 
um, where you farm mealworms. Really? Um, yes, apparently there's a like a little desktop set no. of drawers that you can get where you can farm mealworms and they're supposed to be incredibly good for you and no. I, was te- I was terribly afraid that my co-hosts on the show were going to think this was a good idea and buy me one for my <laughs> birthday <laughs> I can't think of anything I'd like less no, quite, <laughs> <laughs> quite so um, so, back to you Fanny um, <laughs> let's move swiftly, swiftly on into, into your current book mm. now when I say your current book I mean the one that has just actually been um, released which is Our Summer Together because yeah. I know as we were talking earlier in fact um, your current book really is the one you're writing now um, in my head yes in your head. but Our Summer Together I have it on my knee so I'm focused on it jolly good so tell us first of all tell us um, how many how many novels have you actually published now um, well Our Summer Together is my sixth novel um, in fact now so you're getting quite good at it now then I don't think I, I think it is equally hard with every one I don't really think, I don't think it gets easier and I'm not sure I don't know whether I've got better or not I'd, I'm, it would be great if I have but I can't tell I'm not the person to say well we've all we've been enjoying your books oh I'm glad thank you <laughs> I know that uh, June has been reading them yes I have indeed yes mm-hmm. um, oh that's great thank you so tell us a little bit about our summer together well, I wrote Our Summer Together. It was prompted because I read a couple of novels um, where they had characters, they weren't the main characters, but they were characters or, um, who were over 60, and honestly, they did nothing much more than limp down to the doctor's surgery and back. <laughs> and I just thought, this is terrible. Women over 60 are not like that, or don't have to be like that. I mean, obviously, if you're ill or have some sort of... Um, a problem then and perhaps you are but on the whole we're not like that and it's unfair to portray us like that so i feel right i'm going to give a shout out for a woman over 60 and um i wanted or for women i should say over 60 and i thought i wanted to have a woman who was not unhappy or anything but just coasting through sort of on autopilot she'd she'd reached um she's reached her 60s her husband has left her her children have grown up her two daughters have grown up and um left home and she's fine she's perfectly happy she has a good relationship with her daughters she helps them out she's got her own career as a an artist and but she has no sort of particular expectations from life and i wanted something to happen that would show her and us um, that in fact it's it's not too late it's not too late to start again um, and so one day she's on a train and she meets a stranger and that is the sort of the kick off if you like for what happens in her life that um, that changes it it all sounds very exciting and I know what you well, I know what you mean about sort of 60 60 plus women most of the 60 plus women I know are absolutely not kind of coasting coasting through to the end i mean they're they're traveling the world they're starting new careers they're creating new businesses and in the case of june here my (laughs) co-host she's about to uh, well we were talking earlier about whether she was going to enter the lincoln's strongest woman competition (laughs) good lord (laughs) having taken up weight training at the age of 60 have you really i did yes yes Um, several several years ago i'm I'm now heading towards um well i'm a lot closer to 70 than 60 now um but i've been training for uh eight years and uh, i have um i have a a number of titles one of which is the oldest deadlifter in town (laughs) 
And ca- can I also just very quickly say as oh, well? <laughs> well, yes, absolutely. Can I just quickly say as well your your comment about lying to get that job? Oh, yes. um, my first, my first job was a teacher, but my my, my first proper job, and I, I got a um, oh, oh, not proper job, but the first job I really enjoyed. Um, I started working in PR in London, and I did exactly the same. I lied about being able to type at my interview, and yeah. then I tootled off and very quickly signed myself up for a um, an intensive. Um, fast learn typing course. Oh, you were better than me. <laughs> you were much better than me. I, what happened to me was I, I had the interview for the job and, um, and then was waiting, you know, to hear from them. And they phoned up and they said, Look, we'd like to offer you the job. And I said, oh, that's fantastic. Yes, I can start on Monday. Put the phone down. And she phoned me back about five minutes later and said, I completely forgot to ask you, can you type? <laughs> and I said, oh, yes, yes. I can type on my mother's type, record, type uh, writer. Yes, of course I can. And she said, oh, that's okay. You only have to do your letters. Uh, that's, been, that's not a problem. <laughs> so I arrived at the office on the first day, and I was shown to my desk, and there was this enormous, um, back in the days, um, sit-up-and-beg typewriter. Yes, yes. <laughs> and they said, so what you're going to do to start with, I think the best thing to do, as you don't know this publishing list at all, is you can type out the titles, the ISBNs, which are the long numbers on the back of the book, and the prices... <laughs> Of all the westerns, <laughs> then all the nursery romances, then all the war books, then all the you know adventure romances, and so on, and that'll help you. And it was awful. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. People would come past every now and then and go, "Hmm, that's quite good, considering you can't type." <laughs> anyway, they didn't, they didn't sack me, and uh, I sort of. But I've never learned to type. I still can't really. Type. I mean, I can type, but in a sort of haphazard way so how do you how do you write your books then do you write them all longhand no no i do type but i don't um and i do use my right little finger but i don't use my left and i don't i don't you know when you're trained and your the fingers are all meant to go on certain keys yes no i don't do that (laughs) but i use a few fingers sort of randomly (laughs) (laughs) So it's kind of ran- random speed typing yes. with, with no actual um And I, look, I have to look at my hands. I can't... Uh, I'm, I would love to be able to type and just look at the screen and see the words coming up, and I have to look at my hands and s- to see what I'm doing. <laughs> well, I think I, I don't think you're alone, Fanny. I think <laughs> I'm, that's certainly the way I type. And uh, I'm guessing it's probably the way June types as well, is it now? Or um, have you got used to no, it? No, no, I... I I did learn to type properly. I mean, I blagged my way through the interview that I said that I could type, and I actually did a typing test, which was I was horrendous. But for some reason, you know, they they, they let it. They gave me a um, a pass on it. Um, but I did learn to type. I learned to touch type, um, and on on a manual typewriter in those days, and then yeah. gradually progressed. And uh, yeah, I still touch type. Um, yeah. Well, that's great. I wish I could. <laughs> so, when you're starting out in a new book. Fanny, we've uh, we've only got a, um, well, we've got a couple of minutes uh, left before I have to play another piece of music. But then we can put you on on hold and bring you back again um, <laughs> after that. Okay. Um, but um, so, if uh, when you start a new book, how do you how do you kind of decide what to what to write about or where to start? Um, well, usually I think of, uh, usually I have an idea of what I want to write about. So in this case, I wanted to write about a woman who was over 60 and I wanted to show, have an arc of a story that was going to show her 
changing her life in in some way. So I have that, and then I start thinking about who the characters can be that will illustrate that. And that come that as I think of that, I sort of begin to think of various plot points. So that by the time I begin, I know what the beginning of the story is. I know what the end of the story is. Um, I know where all the characters are sort of going to find themselves, pretty much, at the end. And I know various beats, if you like, of the plot on the way. But I don't know everything that's going to happen, because I quite like the flexibility and spontaneity of being able to find out for myself as I make my way from one plot to the one uh, point to the other. And do you... Um do you kind of have a particular discipline where you sit at your desk for so oh. many hours a day? Or? Well, in my head, I have a discipline. <laughs> um, I, in my head, I go there at nine o'clock in the morning and I write solidly until one. I switch off. I use those. Um, I've got a couple of apps that switch off your access to the Internet. And then I write till one o'clock and then I do my emails and then I go back to editing. In reality, I go to my office at nine o'clock. My, well, my office is in the house, the room where I type, where I work, and um, and then I get sidetracked by emails, and uh, because I do other things, I, d- I don't um, only write novels. I'm also the book setter for Woman and Home. I review in the Mail and the Express, and I also commission short books for um, a charity called Quick Reads. So I've got quite a lot of other stuff going on, and it's very easy to get sidetracked. Um, and if, if I've got a sort of problem with the plot, I rather like getting sidetracked so that I don't um, have to really deal with it until about lunchtime. Brilliant. Fanny, stay with us. We, okay. will, um, we will be back with you very shortly. You're listening to The Girls Around Town here on Sunday morning with me, Tina Bettison, June Rowlands, Sue Jackson and our guest, Fanny Blake. Now, we've been talking with Fanny about um, her novels and the latest one which has just been published our summer together and just before that record we were talking a little bit about the process of writing now fanny you were saying that you get distracted quite a lot because you have a number of um a number of hats that you that you wear not just that of of novelist Mm. so tell us a little bit about being books editor for woman and home because i guess that um that means not that you actually it's not just that you do read a lot of books you have to read a lot of books yeah i do uh the, the poor old postman who <laughs> who once um said rather plaintively do you really read all these books he he appears in his van every day i mean this is london where we have postmen who all come down the street and said but but not me i have to have um the poor poor old postman has to come in his van with these deliveries of 10 maybe up to 10 books a day and um file them all according to month and uh, and then deal with the months that I'm working on for Woman and Home because we work three to four months in advance and um, yeah and then I just pick so well it's a great job actually because I can read for pleasure um, the books that I then just have to write a little bit about so it's lovely what's well, not to like do you, do you get to choose then the books that you're mm. going to read? Yes. Oh, well, that's helpful. Yeah, I do, and I, I think kind of long experience, kind of in the business, uh, helps me have a steer on what to choose. But I also, um, as part of the job, I know a lot of the publicists, um, authors. I mean, obviously, for Woman and Home, a lot of readers will want to know, you know, that 
I don't know, Joanna Trollope, let's say, or Joanne Harris has got a new book out. But they're also interested in a new debut or a new um, historical novel or something by somebody they might not have heard of. And what I try and do is keep the page as varied as possible so that there's something. I, it always strikes me that if you buy a magazine and you've only got, uh, you only have it once a month, then you don't want to be told what not to read. You only want to, you're only really interested in what you might read that month. And I hope that there'll be something for everybody's taste on that page so they can come away with at least one, if not two, books that will last them till the next month. Sure. And how does that help you in writing <laughs> your own novels? I mean, other than obviously you said you'd, you'd read a couple of things about women in their 60s getting a mm. bit of a bad rap, so you decided mm. to, to change that. Mm. Um, but because your your novels are predominantly kind of a, aimed at the more mature woman, aren't they? Well, I, well, I would uh, yes, except that I do try and include um, younger people in it, in them too. So... For example, I mean, in this one, um, there are her daughters who play, a, you know, an important role. Um, and also, one of them has a grandchild. Uh, and in my previous book, in fact, the older woman is dead. That's not a secret. Um, but her younger family, I mean, who are in their 40s, uh, come to uh, go to Spain to um, scatter her ashes and during a kind of long hot weekend the truth about this older woman and you know what made her who she is uh emerges that's house of dreams right because there's always there's always a bit of a twist in your tales isn't there there's always a bit of a secret that's mm. that like is revealed mm. i like a secret <laughs> at the heart of the family i would think that makes a good story yes i think you're right now unfortunately we're about out of time oh. We could have been chatting for... Um, we always feel, actually, that on, on this show we never have enough time to chat to our guests. We could chat away for at least another couple of hours. But it's been so lovely having you on. Well, it's been lovely being on. Thank you for having me. No, well, thank you for joining us. It has been an absolute pleasure, and we hope um, we'll certainly, when House of Dreams is ready to be published, we will get you oh, back on. House of Dreams on. is out. Oh, sorry, not House of Dreams. The one you're working on now. Oh, yes, that doesn't have a title yet. Does it not? No. The untitled one. The untitled we will, one. We will have you back to talk about that very... Oh, bless you. That would be lovely. Thank next you. year. It would be lovely to do that. Fanny, thank you. Thank you, Tina and June. Thank you. Thank it's you. It's been an absolute pleasure.